0: SECTION 3 OF THE LIVING ANIMALS OF THE WORLD, VOLUME 1. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION, OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. RECORDING BY FRASER PRESCOTT, GRAND RAPIDS, MICHIGAN. THE LIVING ANIMALS OF THE WORLD, VOLUME 1. MAMMALS by Charles Lewis Cornish, editor. The Dog-Shaped Monkeys After the gibbons come a vast number of monkeys of every conceivable size, shape, and variety, which naturalists have arranged in consecutive order with fair success. Until we reach the baboons and go on to the South American monkeys and the lemurs, it is not easy to give any idea of what these monkeys do or look like merely by referring to their scientific groups the usual order of natural histories will here be followed and the descriptions will so far as possible present the habits and appearance of the monkeys specially noticed this great family of true monkeys contains the sacred monkeys or langurs of india the Gerezas and guenons of africa the mangabees, macaques, and baboons. Most of them have naked, hard patches of skin on the hindquarters, and the partition between the nostrils is narrow. Some have tails, some none, and they exhibit the most astonishing differences of size and shape. Perhaps the most grotesque and astonishing of them all is the proboscis monkey. It is allied to the langurs, and is a native of the island of Borneo, to which it is confined. Its home is on the west bank of the Sarawak River. It is an arboreal creature, living in small companies. Mr. Hose, who saw them in their native haunts, says that the proboscis monkeys kept in the trees overhanging the river, and were most difficult to shoot. I saw altogether about a hundred and fifty of these monkeys, and without a single exception all were in trees over the water, either lake, river, or in submerged forest. As long as they are in sight, they are very conspicuous objects, choosing the most commanding positions on open treetops. Once I saw thirteen in one tree, sitting lazily on the branches, as is their habit, sunning themselves and enjoying the scenery. They are very striking animals in color as well as in form. The face is cinnamon brown, the sides marked with reddish brown and white, the belly white, the back red brown and dark brown. Next to the orangutan, these are the most striking monkeys in the Malay archipelago. The greater number of the species intermediate between the gibbons and the New World species are called dog-shaped monkeys. We wonder why. Only the baboon and a few others are in the least like dogs. The various sacred monkeys of India are often seen in this country and are quite representative of the miscellaneous monkeys in general. Most of them have cheek pouches, a useful monkey pocket. They poke food into their pouches, which unfold to be filled or lie flat when not wanted and with a pocketful of nuts or rice on either side of their faces, they can scream, eat, bite, or scold quite comfortably, which they could not do with their mouths full. The pouchless monkeys have only their big stomachs to rely on. The Entellus monkey is the most sacred of all in India. It is gray above and nutty brown below, long-legged and active, a thief and an impudent robber, In one of the Indian cities they became such a nuisance that the faithful determined to catch and send away some hundreds. This was done, and the holy monkeys were deported in covered carts and released many miles off. But the monkeys were too clever. Having thoroughly enjoyed their ride, they all refused to part with the carts, and, hopping and grimacing, came leaping all the way back beside them to the city, grateful for their outing. One city obtained leave to kill the monkeys, but the next city then sued them for killing their deceased ancestors. In these monkey-infested cities, if one man wishes to spite another, he throws a few handfuls of rice onto the roof of his house about the rainy season. The monkeys come, find the rice, and quietly lift off many of the tiles and throw them away, seeking more rice in the interstices this is not the monkey commonly seen in the hills and at Simla. The large, long-tailed monkey there is the Himalayan langur, one of the common animals of the hills. The langur, says Mr. Lockwood Kipling in his Beast and Man in India, is, in his way, a king of the jungle, nor is he often met with in captivity. IN SOME PARTS OF INDIA TROOPS OF langors COME BOUNDING WITH A MIGHTY AIR OF INTEREST AND CURIOSITY TO LOOK AT PASSING TRAINS, THEIR LONG TAILS LIFTED LIKE NOTES OF INTERROGATION, BUT FREQUENTLY, WHEN FAIRLY PERCHED ON A WALL OR a TREE ALONGSIDE, THEY SEEM TO FORGET ALL ABOUT IT AND AVERT THEIR HEADS WITH AN AFFECTATION OF LANGUID indifference. IN INDIA NO DISTINCTION IS MADE BETWEEN MONKEYS. It is an abominable act of sacrilege to kill one of any kind. In the streets holy bulls, calves, parakeets, sparrows, and monkeys all rob the shops. One monkey-ridden municipality sent off its inconvenient but holy guests by rail, advising the station-master to let them loose at the place to which they were consigned. The station, Saharanpur, was a kind of Indian crew, and the monkeys got into the engine sheds and workshops among the driving wheels and bands. One got in the double roof of an inspection car, and thence stole mutton, corkscrews, camp glasses, and dusters. Among many other interesting and correct monkey stories of Mr. Kipling's is the following. The chief confectioner of Simla had prepared a most splendid bride cake, which was safely put by in a locked room that, like most backrooms in Simla, looked out on the mountainside. It is little use locking the door when the window is left open. When they came to fetch the bride cake, the last piece of it was being handed out the window by a chain of monkeys who whitened the hillside with its fragments. From India to Ceylon is no great way, yet in the latter island different monkeys are found. THE TWO BEST KNOWN ARE THE WHITE-BEARDED WANDEROO MONKEY AND THE GREAT WANDEROO. BOTH ARE GRAVE, WELL-BEHAVED MONKEYS. THE FORMER HAS WHITE WHISKERS AND A WHITE BEARD, AND LOOKS SO WISE HE IS CALLED IN LATIN NESTOR, AFTER THE ANCIENT COUNSELOR OF THE GREEKS. NICE, CLEAN LITTLE MONKEYS ARE THESE, AND PRETTY PETS. THE GREAT WANDEROO IS RARER. IT LIVES IN THE HILLS. "'A flock of them,' says Mr. Dallas, "'will take possession of a palm grove, "'and so well can they conceal themselves in the leaves "'that the whole party become invisible. "'The presence of a dog excites their irresistible curiosity, "'and in order to watch his movements they never fail to betray themselves. "'They may be seen congregated on the roof of a native hut.' Some years ago, the child of a European clergyman, having been left on the ground by a nurse, was bitten and teased to death by them. These monkeys have only one wife. Near relatives of the langurs are the two species of snub-nosed monkeys, one of which inhabits eastern Tibet and northwestern China, and the other the valley of the Mekong. End of section three. Recording by Fraser Prescott, Grand Rapids, Michigan.